0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silent Podcast, where we are anything but silent. This is Fighting, a genius podcast, and I am so excited to be here, I'm Naomi, with my co-host and a person I would trust with the ring of immortality, Joshua. Joshua, how are you
1: doing? I'm doing really, really well. This episode, I watched a few days ago now, and I'm still so excited about it. This is the episode I've been waiting for. The genius is always good, but this is like that time where it's like, this is the first step that's like really hit the same highs as the original version of me. This, oh, I'm so excited to about this. This is so good.
0: We're back, baby. We're we're getting twists and turns and most importantly, backstabbing. I feel like there's nothing more important in The Genius than stabbing someone in the front or the back.
1: This was, to me, this is like the breakout episode of the show. This is, I think if I was a new are watching the show, this is kind of the episode where I was like, okay, This is what everyone's been telling me the genius is. Finally, we're getting it.
0: So uh, not only are we going to be discussing uh, the Netherlands Genius Episode 5, aka Diamond Dilemma, but we're also going to be talking about the game that this is associated with in the Korean version, which is Kong's Dilemma. So just make sure that you are aware that we're going to be kind of spoiling both. Um, But in addition, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I have the lovely people on the the Genius Discord have translated Anamaya's Twitch streams where she watches the episodes. And so we have some great behind-the-scenes details from Anamaya about this episode. So I'll I'll sprinkle those in throughout the episode. But I'm super excited. Just spoiler alert generally for everybody. I won't go into future episodes. We will never spoil a future episode.
1: This is news to me. I'm I'm excited to hear this now. I didn't know this was happening.
0: Yeah, she's been, you know, Twitch streamer, chess champion, going off.
1: I didn't know someone's been translated and whoever that is, can we make sure we thank that individual? Make sure tell tell them I said thank you, even if they don't know who you are. I don't
0: <laughs> We'll find out. We're getting a lot of getting a lot of good support from the genius discord. So I love them and I'm happy to be there with them. Um, so if you don't know Diamond Dilemma, Joshua, can you explain what this game is and how it
1: works? Okay, so Diamond Dilemma or Kong's Dilemma is called in the original version, which I find really interesting because most things in the Genius, the Korean version gets translated into English. But I think if I remember correctly, one of the contestants' nicknames was Kong and that's why they kept it as um, Kong's Dilemma in the translation, right, as opposed to Mean Dilemma.
0: Yeah, I, first all, I think Bean Dilemma is a hilarious name that I don't know if it would have translated with the same authority as Kong's Dilemma. But yes, uh, Hong Jin-ho uh, also became known as Kong because he's kind of tiny, like a little bean. And that was sort of an affectionate nickname that the Korean public gave to him. Um, I love Jin-ho. I'm kind of a Jin-ho stan. And I think that uh, that episode is very funny. They were kind of poking fun at him the whole time because he's a little bean and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, beans are it's such a funny, I think, class difference of like, yeah, here's some beans versus like here's some diamonds.
1: Yeah, the beans managed to look more expensive than these diamonds did. <laughs> <laughs> it's really feeding into this LRD comic because those diamonds will go get to those. That, that, anyway, so in Kong's Dilemma, sorry, diamond dilemma, each contestant starts off with 10 diamonds and they are split into two teams. I'm assuming these teams are random. There was no rhyme or reason behind these teams. I'm just going to assume that we couldn't get the phones back out, but I'm going to assume it was random. So, um,
0: so first note from Anna Maya Anna says she was disappointed that the teams were allocated by production instead of randomly drawing a ball. She noted how Thomas and Fabian were on opposite teams, which shows that production really thought about how they formed the teams, which I think is a good point, you know? Okay. And even Fabian and Fareed on different teams
1: like so i had to try in my mind i put myself in this little bubble where the teams had just been rounded by production just to try and enjoy the episode not think too much about it because i was like yeah i did too i did
0: too
1: but i can see why production i don't love that i think i'd rather the game occur naturally this seems like the perfect opportunity if you're going to have these g coins this seems like have like G coin auctions, like auction the opportunity to pick your team. Like this is like the perfect time to utilize these coins in some other way. I'd rather just something other than that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that, so I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen. We're gonna pretend that wasn't a factor, so I can enjoy as much as possible. So each player starts off with ten diamonds, and the game's played over five rounds. So each team is given a separate area. Which the fact that the teams are separate areas was, didn't really matter because the teams mixed up sometimes. But so they can discuss how many diamonds they want to put into this little vase, let's say. So each player goes into a room independently and puts in their diamonds into the vase. In each round, the team inserts the most diamonds into the vase, scores a point. The first team to score three points wins. On the winning team, the individual with the most diamonds is the winner of the match. Now, the losing team, the loser is the person that has the fewest diamonds. So you want to put in diamonds to help your team, but to win immunity, you have to have the most diamonds. And the interesting thing here is that a group win isn't really possible unless you will have the same number of G coins because in the event of a tie, G coins breaks a tie, which stops the shots. You have a team just all agreeing to zero out and sharing a win that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is uh, why I'm kind of fascinated by G coins on this season. But I also found out from Anamaya's stream that G-Coins don't, if you beat somebody in a death match, you don't get their G-Coins. So which I kind of, I don't know, I I guess I understand in the idea that the G-Coins are the tiebreaker. So therefore the incentive is to win challenges, not to beat people in death matches. And then suddenly, you know, Thomas beats one person in a death match and he's super overpowered to win everything from now on. But at the same time, I kind of miss the idea of like, let's target someone because I want their G coins. I guess the idea now is let's target someone because I want them to have, no. I want them to be gone with their high amount of G coins.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that, because I think it was what sort of the first two scenes of the Korean version, when you won the, the garnets. I think it was season three where they stopped giving the garnets away. But players mm-hmm. had like that loophole, like, let me give these Garnets to this person, get them back in case they keep them. But there was money in the game, so it was different. I do G coins. Again, I, Over the course this week, I've gone back and forth on G coins. I think there's some good things. Like I think in a match like this, it's good that three people can't have a joint victory because it's very obvious to do it as a team and just all share a victory. So I kind of like the G coins force someone to win. I do appreciate that. I do wish they had more of a bearing in the game, but I think as time goes on, production have found better ways to incorporate them. I think to me, this has probably been like the best incorporation of G-coins into an episode. It's not it's felt like an intentional game mechanic as opposed to something that forced them, which has been quite nice.
0: Hmm. That's a great point. And not only that, but uh, depending on how many diamonds you have left over, you will get two G coins for each diamond that you have. If you win, if you lose, Mm -hmm. you get nothing, which I also think is a great incentive. You in this game, as the game creator, you want to incentivize people to hold on to their diamonds instead of just going all in for the joint win, Now, we'll get to it later about, like, why they kind of have to go all in in the finale, in the final round, which isn't really the final round, it's the third round. But I love the idea of incentivizing somebody to hold on to their coins and then also win the game.
1: Yeah, and originally I thought that when I had two G coins per diamond, I thought that was crazy. But then when I processed the match, I was like, yeah, but if someone's got that, if someone holds on to that many diamonds and that many G coins left, their team's probably going to hate them and their team's probably not going to win. Like, if you measure onto to 10 diamonds and your team still wins, good on you, because that could not be an easy feat. Like, you would have to have some kind of collusion with the other side, which, if I was playing this match, if I could, that's definitely how i try and swing things. There's a specific way I'd want to do things. But I do think that giving such a huge G-coin incentive made people think about it, because if it wasn't a lot of G-coins, people wouldn't have even considered it.
0: No. Um, the other thing to note is that what is a little different, and I want to know, Joshua, what your opinion is, that you can peek at a person's locker for three G coins. Any person can be on mm-hmm. the other team, can be on your team. You can peek at anybody. I thought this is a great twist.
1: Um, so remind me, because I'm trying to recall, when you made a peek, when did you peek? You could peek when your turn was available. So this is what I didn't like about this, is the thing, because it means that the order of play really matters. Mm-hmm. Because if you go first, you can't peek at someone after they've plays. So I kind, of, I kind of wish that the peaks were like a consistent point for everybody almost. I wish like after everyone went, it was kind of like you choose to play a peak and if you played mm-hmm. a peak, you could peak and then you could go and put more diamonds in after using your peak as well. Like I wish that was the ruling or something like that, as opposed to just when you happen to go in because different people would have different information they could gather. But I yeah. like the concept of the peak.
0: Yes, I think it is an interesting game mechanic. It's also interesting because if you do the peak the way that you're pitching it, Anamaya can't do the move that she does in later in the game, which we'll get to. Uh, You can't make your then coin deposit, your diamond deposit decision based off of the coin amount because you don't know it until the end of the round when you have already deposited your own diamonds
1: but um, I, I wouldn't even be opposed if you was like part of buying a peak gave you the ability to then add more diamonds into this. so you can't take any up, but you could add more diamonds in i would be okay mm-hmm. with that additional incentive for a peak because three coins is a lot but i yeah i i liked that. I, I liked it was expensive i'm glad it was not a cheap option i'm glad it cost a lot because Three just to look at something, in the grand scheme of things, like last episode, you would get you could buy yourself one or two whole decks of cards. Now it's just a peak. So I'd like, but the I think the pricing was perfect. Three G coins was the perfect amount to charge people.
0: And you know, the other part of it I think that's really funny is that if this was on the Korean genius, if this was like season two, they would have all spent a million <laughs> cards on peaking.
1: They all would have been bankrupt. They would have spent they everything petrol.
0: Yeah. But the typically like really everybody sort of averages around four G coins this episode. So you, you only really get one peak, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think they use it strategically. We'll get to it. Uh, the last thing to note is that when your team loses, your diamond is revealed. Your diamond, the amount of diamonds you used is revealed for the round. So if you lose and you put in two, they'd say that you get two. The other team just wins. You probably know it. Um, let's start with round one. The red team strategy is we got to win two right out the gate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's start there, Joshua. Do you agree with that strategy?
1: Um, I think both teams. Strategy, I think both teams had very solid strategies here. I think the winning two out the gate is definitely a strong thing to do because it forces the other team to have to pick the right time to go all in to beat you. It forces it kind of backs the other team into a corner. So I think that it is a strong strategy, but if you do, you have to commit to it. You have to go big. You can't just spend six. It's like you even need to... You have to... Both teams have good strategies, but you need to pick one or the other. Like, you can't do the in-between. You, again, you've either got to go all-in or go very small. I like the go-all-in strategy. It's very risky because the other team just beats you. I think I would have gone slightly bigger than the go-big team did personally, just to be totally safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I like the all-in strategy. I
0: do too. And I think that having seen this game play out a couple times now and in and, and it's different iterations. It's harder to come back and score those two points later in the game unless you like just don't put anything in for the first two rounds than it is to essentially like potentially try and win the last round. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, uh, the strategy overall should be for people to attempt to win via submitting you know submitting hard in the early rounds
1: it's hard with the all-in though, because if you go real too hard in um, you set yourself up for failure because yeah. let's say if you go like 11 twice for example you only left with eight caught, with eight drivers between you the other team can just do 10 10 10 and still win so it is a tough balancing act
0: yes and this is uh, I was I originally thought that they weren't allowed to talk to each other because they didn't really talk to each other in the first uh, part of the episode but then they did pop around later but uh, I think that it was kind of a, a miss for them to not try to communicate pretty openly in the first round Obviously you don't want to seem sketchy but you kind of want to figure out what the other team's doing
1: um, so so okay. here's, so here's, so for my head, this is the perfect structure. If you're willing to screw your team over, here's what you do. You and someone else need to somehow have a private conversation. So let's say me and you your you have a private conversation. We both agree that we're not going to spend any diamonds this round, but we're both going to convince our teammates to spend diamonds, even one diamond, that both of you then have 10 diamonds. For the rest of the game, the two of you very openly state, neither of us are putting any diamonds in, one of us is going to win and we're going to give the ring to the other person. That way you can ensure that both of you are safe and you just tell the rest of your teams, fight out amongst yourselves, do what you can. Neither of us are participating. We will hold the rings of life no matter what this round. That to me, if I was really win to screw with my team, that's the play there. And after round one, you, the two of you are guaranteed to win. <laughs> you can let the rest of them fight amongst themselves.
0: So what's killing me is like this is kind of the strategy from the Genius Courier. Mm-hmm. I think uh, your tactic is is very open, whereas I think Yu and Sangmin and everybody were a little more behind closed doors, but that makes me laugh a lot. Um, Because yes, I think the optimal strategy here, and, and we will also get into what happens this entire game, which is that like people keep pitching in like, hey, why don't you do this? But the incentive in this game only works for two individuals. It does not work for... Two people, three people. There is no mm-hmm. incentive to work together. The incentive is to sabotage your teammates. Now, I don't blame like the red team for working together. They were working together. But the problem is that you cannot incentivize the players on the other team to work with you if you are a group of three. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like that.
1: They, everyone had like these half-baked ideas like, it'd be great if you did this it'd be great for me if you did this, but there was, again, there was no justification. It was, we want this individual out, so I'll take them out, and you're not getting anything as a result. It was very, it was very half thought out, and there's probably things they could have done, especially because, remind me this point, Thomas was, was Thomas in possession of the Ring of Life at this point, or, like, Tom going into this challenge? Did Thomas already have it?
0: My guess would be yes, because he gets the envelope for the code, which... Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how stupid it was that the, the code is just in the envelope? Are you
1: kidding was, me? Especially after they gave one digit the first time. Then what was the point to give that one digit? I thought that this... I thought that he just got a second digit and just ma- manually worked out the code. I was like, that i had been happy with. This was just like production being like, you know what, we're over this twist. We want we want this in play right now.
0: Yeah, can you guys just fucking find the shit, please? <laughs> oh my God. I was, I was like, really? That's... Because it wasn't... I mean... We know that the the narrative of, sorry, spoilers for season two of The Genius, very, very mm-hmm. quick. Uh, I'll keep it a little spoiler-like. The narrative of The Genius was all about how the person who found the Ring of Immortality found it. Mm-hmm. And that took multiple episodes and involved lots of different players and people who got information and sabotaging and twists and turns. This was just like, oh, by the way, let's like rewind and look at it. Oh, okay, yeah, here's him finding it. Okay, great, moving on. Like, had no zhuzh to it.
1: This to me, it had the same energies, you know, in Survive, like sometimes in like you're having Micronesia, we have like the big scavenge hunt. And then sometimes you basically just have a sign that says dig painted on a boat pointing down to where someone sleeps. Like it very much felt like that kind of situation.
0: <laughs> dig. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of what I I found to be a little frustrating. But you know what? fine i get it it's five six how many episodes like eight or nine episodes Mm -hmm. so i guess yeah let's speed this along um and this is all to say that yes i believe thomas probably had the ring of life at the start of this game
1: so i feel like that's the one bargaining tool he could have maybe utilized like if you're that desperate to push it if you're holding this thing that's your only incentive like surely you should recognize that stop pushing these stupid ideas onto people because even what I think people like Nishka are definitely underrated players. Like, I'm definitely someone that has been, not that I've not been high on Nishka, but I definitely think that Nishka up until this week was definitely playing on a different level to everyone else. Even someone like Nishka clearly wasn't going for this. So I don't, it's the fact they kept trying to push the point as well. Like, several times they kept trying to make a point that clearly the other players weren't biting on.
0: Yeah, and, and the other team was pushing it too.
1: Thing. They added nothing else to this, it was the same thing over and over.
0: Yeah, and and Fabian was pushing it too, which also doesn't work. Again, like the breakdown of this is that, and this is what happens in the genius. He's in in the genius in Korea, is Sungyu and Songmin start passing information back and forth about how many kongs they're going to use, and this allows Songmin to like hold back when he knows that the team's going to lose. And he sort of can lie and say, oh, it's for the good of the team. I got a bad feeling and so I held on to it, but look, we would have lost anyway. And then it also allows segment to like keep winning and show that he's on the team, the side of the team. And then they do it a couple more rounds and then they start screwing each other over more and it sort of falls apart. Um, and then later in the episode, Jin-ho's like, well, what if I went over and talked to, <laughs> it's like, what if I talked to you and I just like asked him if he wants to do this? And it was just like, yeah, that's what we've been doing fucking catch up jim how like oh my god and that to me is what is so uh important about watching past episodes of the genius is learning from the mistakes of the players and it's kind of mm-hmm. a shame that the players don't have that opportunity because i think if if someone like thomas or Fareed knew or even nelka nelka's like what is she
1: thinking? Nelka would, Nelka, would so heavily benefit from having been able to watch this show prior. I think Nelka has such the ability to be a good the genius player, but she just because she doesn't know what being a good the genius player is, she doesn't have that. I think let her watch. She could watch, I think, two episodes of the show and she could be amazing at this game, not even yes. of them.
0: Also, shows up in a in a purple velour BB jumpsuit. I laugh my ass off. It's like <laughs> what, bitch? Like. The Genius Korea would never. That was a great look. Um, so let's let's get back to what's actually happening there in the game. Uh, the blue team also thinks about doing going in for a 2-0 early lead, but then they abandon this idea. Instead, uh, they think about putting in zero. But Anamaya pitches. Well, if the red team goes low, we should go just high enough that if they go low, we can eke out a win. If if they somehow let it go to zero, which I think is actually a better strategy than I realized, because you might think that the team is just going to go, that that, that they're going to go to zero. Well, if you put in three, you win. Mm. Um, But they say something that I don't really understand. And I wonder, Joshua, if this makes sense to you. She says that uh, one person will put in all three, but it will make them think that we used one per person. What the fuck does this have to do with anything?
1: <laughs> so, so then, what, if you want them to use one per person, then just do one per person. Like, I don't understand what the point was here. It doesn't make any sense. The only logic you could maybe use is in case people are going to peek at their stuff. But, the rest of their argument suggests that's not the point they're trying to make. Again, it's a very overly convoluted plan. I There's a lot of parallels to stuff we've seen recently on television. This is very su- recent Survivor, lots of Overly complex plans when there was a very simple option just all put in one. They could have, they could have, they could have just done that. There was no reason behind this. I don't know if if you even ask them this question now if they even have a reason. I don't know if they're just tired because they've been doing these episodes day after day after day and they're just saying things Does that make sense. But this did not make sense.
0: I she said that I was just like what the fuck. You're worried about the wrong thing, girl. Like and also I, I was kind of sad that Anamaya was not somebody who went the schemer route and went the schemer route for Thomas or something like that. But the the other problem in this Kong's dilemma is that you have to be willing to screw over your teammates who you feel more inclined to work with because Mm -hmm. they're on the team. And I I don't think that Thomas dislikes Farid and Nelka, but I do think that there's a world where Thomas betrays Farid and Nelka and Fabian is sort of in his corner, but Fabian remains the big target To stick around for for the ire of the cast.
1: Yeah, I feel like in this cast of people, I don't think Frieza and Elk is actually Thomas's number one people that he's keen to work with. I guess it worked out well because during in the episode Frieza is willing to defend Thomas with her life when, for for no reason, she has no reason to keep making these points when this man fought his own battles and valid points were being made and she started saying some wild things in response to it. But... So I guess it could be for for him to have on side, although I don't know if those are the people he would actually choose to work with.
0: The other thing I want to note is uh, Rick and Anamaya actually did uh, a little collab, and Rick had some opinions on this game. And Rick suggests a couple strategies. He one he suggests a strategy of going to the other teams and saying you're going to submit a lot of diamonds to confuse them or bluff them. He also suggested another strategy of lying and saying to the other team that you peeked at somebody's locker and saw that they still had 10 diamonds left. That way you could break up a team by making them distrust each other, which I think is interesting. I don't know if you can peek and lie successfully, but you could certainly try and throw someone under the bus. It's a little it's a little difficult, but I love that Rick wanted to keep things messy.
1: It's, it's, it's a strategy that no one but Rick could do. Yes. Like, because it would it would not wreck his social capital any further because this is what you expect from him. You know he's going to do this type of thing. The players currently in the game, it wouldn't be worth it because the hit to their social capital. And the It would change the other players' perception of them too much for it to be worth it. But for Rick, it'd be a good strategy given the position he was in.
0: So then what happens in this round is that uh, they... They talk a little bit more, then they go to put their diamonds in. Um, And while they're putting in their diamonds, this is the first uh, inkling that we get that Fabian doesn't really like Fareed and wants to screw, and kind of wants to screw her over. But the way he starts this is by saying to Nelka and Thomas "He says, you guys, I think Fareed doesn't have a lot of G coins and she's going to try and screw you guys over so she can get G coins. Okay. We get this cutaway to see that when Rick was going into the death match, Fabian offered G-Coins for Rick to pick Fareed as the person who would lose. Because there was the sort of city alliance of Rick, Thomas, and Fareed. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you just got to be transparent, but you got to be fucking for real on the genius. Like, where is the incentive to... Sabotage only for Reed in this game, it's Fabian. Keep the shit to yourself.
1: Like Fab, like Fabian's pitch. Right? Again, this has happened day to day to day. So this happened what two, three days ago. So it's fresh in everyone's mind when Fabian saying maybe she go after free for these reasons. Everyone knows why Fabian wants free out because Fabian did this very openly. Everyone knows that this, th- this happened. Everyone knows what's going on. So Fabian should have just been very open about want, why he wanted out, as opposed to trying to convince other people for a reason why Fareed should have to go. And I think that then leaves a sour taste in people's mouths, which then aids the being fine with the get Fabian out plan.
0: Yeah, it's messy. And I think that maybe if you just gone to Thomas and said like something to think about, um, I like that um Fabian uh says. I think she took that very personally. You think you fucking think Fabian? <laughs> like, think she took you throwing her under the bus very publicly personally? This guy's the master of perception.
1: What well, I'm still confused about why Fabian thought this was a good idea in the first place to do this a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like that, like talk about overplaying your hands here. Why are you getting involved? Like what 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 was the necess- what was the reason for getting involved in this? It was not worth it. Farid is not someone that you that desperately need to take out the game to make that point of the move, which probably sat with a couple of other people on him.
0: Exactly. And this also results in Fabian goes into the room next. And of course, Farid comes out uh, and Thomas and Nelka go to the blue women and are like, do you want to sabotage Fabian? But the problem with that is the same problem that happens in this game, which is the the women on the blue team have no incentive to sabotage Fabian because Mm -hmm. even if he's the loser, they're still vulnerable. And they talk about it a lot this episode. And you have to really think about it is that they're still vulnerable. You don't want to say in front of Fareed, I'm going to give the ring of life to one of you so he will pick Fareed. And it just gets so messy. And you're just creating a lot of promises that everyone walks away from and goes like, oh, yeah, that doesn't really work.
1: It's one of those cases where, in any circumstance, when two people have to be up for elimination, five out of six people agreeing on something is never going to work. One <laughs> of you has to go in. In any circumstance, at least two people have to be iced out, at least in any given game, no matter what, unless someone's willing to go in. It just, it, it makes make. It will always make zero sense, but I'm still astounded that five people actually stood there with a plan to make someone come last. Like, I'm astounded that all five of those people were even willing to have the conversation because I would just look to them and be like, this is pointless.
0: I know that's that's like, I feel like it as, as important as it is to have the conversation of, hey, how many coins are we going to put in? The other important conversation to have is, are we going to say things to the other team? Like, because it's very clear that nobody has thought through the ways that this works and then they're kind of in the result offending the team by being like hey do you want to work with us and like fuck no you can't mm-hmm. save us
1: so yeah the, i guess because there's one team like the nelka Farid, thomas team especially because thomas with this extra ring they can just the team be like look we can all be saved let's just win mm-hmm. so there's a team have this ability to really band together which the other team doesn't have but i guess Fabian doesn't know that this is going to end up happening but Convincing the other side to flip on free, especially makes no sense when a team of three are all able to now win the match together.
0: Nobody's using their brain. So anyways,
1: let's talk it's about like, they're that, So they, they're using So they're using their brains a lot. It's just they're doing very weird things with them. Like, they've got, they're, they're coming up with all these crazy plans. Like, the, the thought process of the Korean version has been adopted. The execution of the Korean version definitely has not landed yet.
0: No. And I also think that there there still is that early, early energy of the game, which is like, I don't want to screw somebody over because then people will be mad at me. But the other, and this is part of what I think is important about the genius, is that if somebody's mad at you, it might not matter. You might be on the same team next game Mm -hmm. and you can sort of take the gamble of maybe next week's game will incentivize them to work with me instead of against me. And, and run with it rather than sort of live in the fear of being considered a bad guy.
1: And I guess they don't have the foresight to know what types of games normally come up towards the end of the genius. But like, as, as people watching, we know that as the rounds get smaller, there's less and less people can do to mess you up. It becomes harder and harder because the games do become more based on, especially around Final Five, your own individual ability and skill. It becomes harder to someone to yep. simultaneously screw you over while still making sure they win. Like, like some games, like the game we're see next, we going to see next week with Minus Auction, you can't really do both those simultaneously. You have to either commit to helping yourself or sabotaging another.
0: Yeah, exactly. So here's what they do. They put in, Nushko puts in three, Anna and Fabian put in zero to go with their plan of one person putting Mala in, which makes no fucking sense. Um,
1: the, the craziest part about that was it, why did it was Nushka that requested like I want to be the one to put in three diamonds why do you actively want to be the person to put in more than everyone else
0: <laughs> made no fucking sense no fucking sense I was like this is so goofy I cannot it, it like Because also the idea of doing the three is maybe if you want to be like, hey, guys, trust me, Sangman was doing that a lot. Like, guys, trust me, I'll put in this amount because you have already put in an amount and you feel unequal to me, so I will make it equal. But this is
1: just making yourself unequal. It's round one. Like, why are you so keen to let me make the sacrifice for the team? For what reason?
0: What was the reason? Yeah. And so Nelka, Farid, and Thomas all put in three. Um, because they don't want to put in 10, because that's one-third of their diamonds. But they do want to come out strong and come out swinging. It's a good strategy. And so they win the round. Um, And on to round two with one punt, the red team is up. Um, Then Fabian decides to talk to Nelka and Thomas. He pulls them away from Fareed. He's like, hey, guys, let's chat for a second. (laughs) Girl, like he's so obvious.
1: Like, either make it a subtle plan or not. Uh, Like, you have all these secret conversations with out the room. Then you're pulling everyone away from her. It it was just, it was a very, the whole thing was very, very weirdly done. The whole plan to me, I I don't, this is the one episode where I feel like I need the entire cast to explain to me their thought process. Like, every other episode I get, I still have not wrapped my head around what some of these people thought they were doing. Because it's definitely not what they were doing.
0: I I think also the other part of, of what Sung Yoo and Songman were doing is be the person who delineates information. Don't don't let two people be involved. Let one person be involved because then you have all the power. If I talk to Bobby and I'm the only one who actually knows what he wants to do, and I can either benefit myself or set him up for failure. But if two people know what's going on, then somebody can show that you're a shady bitch or like let people know what you're trying to do so you should really especially in the later parts of the genius really be having one-on-one conversations to try Mm -hmm. and get as much power as possible
1: and if you're on a one-on-one basis again there's two rings of life is much better to say oh well i had some one-on-one conversation with the person it's a lot more tempting for someone to want to help you out later on as well as a result of that you can establish something that feels a lot more. A one-on-one conversation feels like it means something. A group conversation just feels like a circumstance.
0: So in this round, they're going for the second win. The red team is going for the second win. Um, Fabian wants them to make Fareed lose again with no incentive. Um, Nelkin Thomas, again, literally pitch sabotaging Fabian, which again does not have any incentive. And it's just kind of a mess. But the blue team estimates... That the red team has about 26 they, i don't know their, their estimates are very strange so they essentially are assuming that if they put in three then the red team had to at least put in four which does make sense but they're also they've also decided that they're going to put in um they're going to like do another round of just like ones <laughs> Is kind of what I think the conclusion was by the end of this. They don't really totally articulate it. The red team thinks that the blue team will go three three three, so they go three three four, which is a good strategy, but also kind of funny. That <laughs> where the blue team's like, okay, they've definitely put in four, so we should put in three.
1: <laughs> I, get, I don't know what this team is doing. It's just very, the moves don't really make any sense like the estimates were very logical because they're planning for the worst case scenario which I'm glad I I think in a game like the genie especially in a match like this worst case scenario planning and planning against that is the best thing to do but then only playing one being their response to this is absolutely baffling because I I don't know why they thought the other team were going to the other team was never going to do zero they may have done only a small amount but they were never going to do zero once you've got that momentum they wanted to keep it going Mm -hmm. because it destroys all point of game, the momentum. If you just give the team the next point,
0: exactly. And at the same time, you kind of know that in reality, even though it's five rounds, you really only need to plan for three rounds. You need to plan on winning three rounds, not so much lasting five. And so, I think that they do have a good strategy of maybe they're going to do three. Maybe the blue team will do three, 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 and so the red team will do three, three, four to counteract it by one like because they'll probably feel the same way of well we only have 27 coins 27 diamonds now fabian did this the whole episode where he kept calling the diamonds coins and then i would get so confused because i was like why are there so many g coins (laughs) he means diamonds and i mean diamonds you have 27 diamonds so that still is 999 so you could feasibly come out each round and do nine and potentially win um so i do like the red strategy here of going three, three, four, and essentially submitting ten this
1: round. Yeah, I think it, I think that the ten was an especially good move because, and we can keep playing the idea. Well, maybe the other team will do 10 C maybe do eleven. Like we can keep playing that mentality. I think ten was a bit, ten was definitely better than going for nine. I'm I'm happy with ten as a strategy. I think it did make sense, especially because after seeing the only team only playing that those three last round, I, it did become. I think that it was the smart strategy, but I wouldn't have been mad if they an extra one.
0: So, we get to the putting of the diamonds into the vase, and Fabian goes first, he puts in one, then there's like Nelka and Farid, they go, they put in three, Thomas will put in four, and then Anamaya goes, and she peeks at Farid, and sees that Farid has used three, which means that she is missing overall six diamonds and therefore that red probably has put in six diamonds. I don't know where the assumption from Farid has used three, the team has used six comes from. (laughs) But you can basically assume that they've used at least three, and if you were planning on spending three, sure, just don't do it. Like That's a better assumption than just being like, I think they've used six. Um, So Anna and Nushka pass on using any diamonds. I thought this was a good strategy from the blue team. Find out if you're going to
1: lose and lose i wouldn't have been mad if they'd gone deeper into trying to go for the win this round i think if one person playing three i'd assume they're using nine so i would have used at least 10 personally but i think is you again when you see that as the case it's either you go in and you do nothing or you try and trump them it has be, again it's one of those you have to you have to commit to what you're doing in this match I think with the peak, I would have gone for trying to best them, but I totally get the strategy they use. I think the strategy was valid.
0: This round, it it, it still involves a little bit of like back and forth, but it, it has a little bit less. Red team gets two points and it's on to round three. So the red team is thinking that they should hesitate for two rounds and then go all in at the end. But Thomas changes his mind. At this point, it is 26 for the blue team and 11 diamonds for the red team. I, at first, was agreeing with the idea of holding off and, and saving them to the end. But I sort of corrected myself in the way that Thomas had. And I'm wondering, Joshua, if you thought this way too, if you corrected, just, what was your thought for the red team to win here?
1: It's a very, it's a hard guessing game. It's one of, it's just one of those, in some ways, it's just a bit of a guess. Like, you can think, well, the team is more likely to do this, but you're co- it's this constant thinking match of just, well, I think they're going to do this. Let me try and outsmart them do this. I'm going to outsmart them do this. It's like, imagine you're, it's almost like in my mind, imagine you're playing rock, paper, scissors against like a machine. Like it's a bit like that, but it's like certain different probabilities of them doing certain things. You're just picking what you think they're most likely to do and counteracting that. But nothing's ever a guarantee. So it's just, it's almost, it's a blind guess. It's an educated guess of what the other team's going to do. And it's going to vary with every single different team. And it's going to vary every single conversation. So there's not one solid dominant strategy, except investing all in one hit was definitely the right move. It's just picking the right time. Mm
0: -hmm. I also think that it is better to, when when you're down in those coins, essentially you're based, as they say, you're waiting to go all in. And the better tactic would be to try and either trick the team, like, hey, we're going all in, trick the other team so that either they do waste a lot of their coins or that they don't go at all. But you'd have to read their mm-hmm. book as well in that. But I was surprised that they did this with such minimal interaction between the teams. Yes. That was a lot. So uh, Fabian thinks that they should use 12 because the other team probably has 11. He literally says it like that. He has nailed it. If he did this, it would have been, it, it could have been a win for the blue team because, like, the blue team can still win. Again, they have 26. So let's say that's 12 in round three. That takes it down to 14. Am I bad at math? No, that's, that's 14. And then the next round, they could beat them again, and then they would still have three left over beating, or two left over to beat 11 with 12, and then they would win. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the risk that you take when you do the strategy that Thomas has done. But inst- and then they think, okay, let's go to 14. Let's go to 14. And then yeah. we'll get to it. But I thought this was a good strategy from Fabian too. I was like, oh shit, Fabian's gonna come back
1: and win this. It made total sense to go, it made total sense. And then, then they do the worst of both worlds. Like what they do, like at the, after one person puts in his may do, you ha- again, you have, you have to commit to a strategy change your mind after some people invested is the worst thing you can do they had they did the worst possible view they could make that round
0: yeah i i find that it was a thing where they like had no um they had no belief in fabian they just didn't trust him didn't like mm-hmm. him and then that just resulted in him having no confidence in himself and like it all fell apart which was sad uh, because yes, Fabian eventually changes his mind about how many they should put in, and it loses it for the team.
1: Which is especially wild because Nishka would like if they'd gone for it and and it failed, Nishka would have come last, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I think so. I didn't write it's, down everybody's because Nishka up,
1: in, up in this round, so Nishka invested three in the first round and then. Um, and it was Fabian invested one. one, yes. So they said all invested the same and lost. At least Nushka's at least coming last. At least he's got a shot because he's not the dead last loser.
0: Yeah, it, it would have been Nushka because Anamaya basically puts in four this round. And if Nushka had gone in, then she would have put in, let's say, two or three. She still would have been last place. Yep, that's correct. What a shame. What a shame. Um, And... <laughs> The funny thing is is that Fabian basically sends himself into the death
1: match. Yeah.
0: I just want to review. So they go all in. Thomas goes three. Farid goes four. Nelka goes four. Nushka puts in one. Anna puts in four. And Fabian puts in four. Which allows Nushka to just eke out of last place, which is kind of crazy. Apparently, according to Anamaya, in her little chit-chat, she said that they had planned to... All lose together. That she did want them. Uh, let me find the right words. In round three, Fabian, Anna, and Nushka promised to submit diamonds in a way that resulted in them having the same amount of diamonds. However, Fabian accidentally submitted one extra, which resulted in him going into the death match.
1: That's even more embarrassing. <laughs> it's like he he made a mistake. I just if your game was on the line, surely you would clock and you can care for how many of these. I know they're tiny. Like, those diamonds look like they were... I'm trying to think of, like, a comparison of what they look like, but they were... I think they were, like, smaller than my finger now. Like, they were very tiny and very cheap-looking. But anyway, these diamonds, I don't know how you would... You would be very cautious about putting things in, especially for someone that is very meticulous. You would surely know, I need to put this many in to not come last. It is crazy to me that you would accidentally put too many in.
0: Yeah, and, and they've been holding their hands out to camera. They hold, you know, get that shot. And uh, I think that's very funny. Fabian um, loses, and then there's a bit of drama. Thomas <laughs> wins because Thomas has the most G coins, and he gets the ring, and he gets a second ring, and he proposes to Nelka, which is very <sighs> sweet. Congrats to them for their little genius marriage. Um, <laughs> Nelka's very funny. She's like, it's so romantic. And then. Spoiler alert: Thomas has the ring of immortality, and he gives it to Farid. And uh, I believe I was reading that the producers considered it played, although there is kind of an idea that, like, maybe Farid didn't actually play it; she just kind of bluffed it. But she did. They do consider it played, so it's out of play nowadays. Were you surprised that Thomas had the ring of immortality? Because I, I did think that him giving the ring to Nelka, I was like, oh, is he just going to let Farid go? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I was hoping that it was going to be someone other than Thomas. Like, I wanted it to be a more exciting reveal than just he won the last chance he got the whole card. Like, I wanted something better, but I see why. It didn't surprise me that he has it. It showed me that he used it. There's no chance I'm ever using used- Why am I going to use that ring on someone else that's not me? There is no world, unless that ring was in- expiring right there and then, there is no universe in which I'm playing on someone that's not me. No universe. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I giving up immunity? Who cares if you're going to burn some social capital if you're just going to be safe? Very bizarre move. I don't care what I promised. I'm not giving up my personal safety for someone else.
0: Yep. And and that's the thing is, like, this was the mentality that I feel like they had a lot in the early genius with, like, you know, with Teacher Cha and, like, I feel like Kyung Ran fell into this a lot where she's like, "We, we should just work together. And everyone's like, Girl, that's not gonna work. Hello, and I, I think this is one of those times where it's like, girl, that's not gonna work. Let's move on. Let's find something else. New technique. Let's go.
1: It's a very bizarre move to me, especially after you had such an individualistic rep- approach to receive this thing, and then all of a sudden you're just giving this thing away. And just, it just none of it makes sense. It seems very. In some ways, it seems very in character for Thomas, but in other ways, it seems very out of character for him. Like, in a, on a personal level, it seems very much like in his nature to do something like this. But on a strategic level, it doesn't seem like the type of thing he would normally do. So I'm very bewildered by this move from him.
0: I I am too. And I also think that, okay, if the relationship between him and Fareed is getting stronger because his alliance with Fabian is crumbling, that is certainly interesting. I don't think that we've been given a lot of that yet and i would like to see more of that's like the dominating alliance of the season but i also think that thomas is kind of playing like a nice guy game and it doesn't win you the genius i've, I've like i've always wanted to play the nice person game and it doesn't win you the genius <laughs> you have to be kind of a dick you know on the other side of this is I, I think that there's we don't know what the financial incentive is do you win money if you win you know what do you get and i think that without that financial incentive to succeed, it becomes much harder for them to put themselves first.
1: Mm-hmm. I just can't wrap my head around. I think I can understand his logic, but I could, I could never see myself doing it. I, I just couldn't. I can see myself helping others as much as possible, but I, I am not giving up a golden ticket to the finals for, for anyone. Just, but, but good on him, I'm glad that he's a better moral person than I am, I guess. But if he goes home next episode, I will absolutely be talking about what a clown he is.
0: <laughs> so, uh, there's some fighting. The girls are fighting.
1: This is what we need. This is what the genius is meant to be.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. Fabian. Okay, I will say that I do think Fabian is a little bit justified here in saying that was as much yours as it was mine, as it was Anamaya's. And there's the other side of it, which is like, you snooze, you lose. But I do think that it's kind of a dick move to Anamaya, who cannot have control over the ring. I also think, in a way, Thomas knew that Fabian wouldn't pick Anamaya, so she is safe. I mean, I actually think the person who kind of gets out of this the best is Anamaya, even though she loses her ring of arm mortality, because Fabian's not pissed at her. If Fabian comes back to help, great. He won't be mad at Anamaya. He's not picking her. Thomas isn't mad at her. And Fareed doesn't really care. But, like, she she just kind of is like, I don't Nelkin Nelka and, and Anamaya kind of come out best here. But they're like, okay, that happened, whatever, moving on.
1: Nelka is just, uh, Nelka is completely uninvolved. Like, Nelka, if she wasn't in this scene, you wouldn't notice. Like, which, which when a big argument is best, again, because... We've not, we've not seen the genius played in this kind of manner before, where normally I'm interested to see, if, with it being in this intense environment, with it being next day, is it easier or harder to get over it? Like, Because part of me was originally thinking, oh, it must be easier to get over because you've got a whole week to process it. But here, but there, like you're out in the real world. It goes to the back of your mind. It as Here, the game is moving too fast. So you to even maybe stop and think about it. So I'm curious to see how big an effect this argument is going to have tomorrow to see if these people are going to get over it or not. They seem like the type that are more likely to get over it. Mm-hmm. Although I think I think Farid is the type of person that wouldn't get over an argument very quickly. She seems like someone that will hold on to that, which as someone that's also like that I get. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how she handles the whole situation tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And you know, Fabian insists that he like, I kept my word. I think that you're a rat to Farid and He's like, um, I think you're the fucking rat. Oh my God. Like it was a great sort of... The sad thing is that the editing isn't as like fast paced as the Korean edit, and there's not as much like fighting and yelling, so it feels a little bit lackluster. But I do enjoy Farid as a as a player. She's kind of legendary because she's just willing to be like, no, wait, you fucking suck! I don't care about you." Like she, in nicer terms, is telling people that
1: she doesn't want to hear their bullshit. And again, the best thing about it is it wasn't even her argument to have. Like, it, she did not. She didn't even have to get involved in this. She could have easily just not been involved in this fight. Yes. This fight was clearly between the ring of all people. She just kind of was like, I'm just in the mood to have an argument. And kind of just jumps in and makes herself be the person for the argument. And it was fabulous and I loved it. And I hope it happens again.
0: Love, love, love Miss Lawyer. She reminds me of, um, of, uh, Laura Yunsen, like just, she's got it. She's, she's a feisty bitch. Don't mess with her. <laughs> I'm scared of her. <laughs> um, so if you'll remember in Kong's Dilemma in The Genius Season 1, Sung Yu uh, convinces his team to do a joint win where they all go down to zero, and then he holds one Kong back and he mm-hmm. wins the game. And then he gives his ring to Jin Ho on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Yuram is the losing candidate, so she picks Yunji. Um, but this is all to say that, again, wouldn't this be the incentive, right? Hey, you figure out who's going to lose on your team, our team's going to win. We are already up one, and I will give you the ring. And it would have worked out almost exactly like it worked out in the first yeah. of the
1: Champions. And even if you're speaking to two people, you'd be like, you know what, the two of you can play rock, paper, scissors, for the ring, just like do something to encourage them, just give them some kind of feeling like there's some shot of getting something out of this. And especially with that third extra ring, if you're happy to give out willy nilly, flaunt it and be like, one of you can have this, like do something. But there was just no real attempt. It's it's still baffling to me and it will never not baffle me.
0: Well, we reached the deathmatch on track again. How
1: it's shocked, it's shocked were you when they announced that? I was like, excuse
0: me? I was like, I wonder what it's gonna be. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> I was like, is it, it finally to <laughs> tap? Is it finally saying picture hunt?
0: Anamaya thought that the television was mistakenly playing a different video that like it was supposed to be a different video and it ended up playing the, the, <laughs> the on track video again, <laughs> which is so funny. And that's how I kind of felt too. I was like, we're, we're doing this.
1: But of, all, of all matches to redo, it wouldn't have been very high on my list. Like I'd rather play any of the other matches again. I'd, rather, I'd even rather do Quattro again than this. I just think once once you've done it once, it's not a very exciting game. Yeah. Especially for the second time. Also, this is only an eight-episode season. There's enough matches from the original show you can do a different match every episode. Like, there was no there was no need to do this.
0: Somebody's got to give me tactical nori I'm dying over here. I want to see some people
1: throw some sticks. Like, we've got that. Like, they could have done, like, that weird game they did in the... Kong's Dilemma episode which I don't remember what it was called I don't remember the rules exactly oh yeah that
0: was like that weird predict what everyone's gonna choose <laughs> thing I that was actually one of my least favorite Death Masters of all time and also it was sad because I really liked Uram and UNG, and I was like we're losing one of them <laughs>
1: no but, but I'd rather that than play I just don't want to do monorail again I love monorail but I don't want to watch it twice in the season because it doesn't tend to be that exciting now what we got was good but yeah. it's a very results orientated version of I'm happy that we had monorail
0: Yes, I agree. Even if you told me like, oh, this is the, it was an interesting outcome and like a good match. I still wouldn't take Monorail again. So let's kind of review. So Nushka decides to start the game and she puts down three in uh, a sort of like little upper S. She Mm -hmm. goes up. I love that. I love when people go outside of the parameters of like, just make a big circle at the bottom with the, the rails
1: nushika is very much not there to kind of go along with what the is meant to be she's just here to be herself this is the first episode where i feel like Nishka was actually on the right show like in a sense this is the first episode i've actually got the genius vibes from her mm-hmm. but i still love that she's kind of just doing her own weird unique little things like just like you said just going up instead of down small little things like that just to highlight that she's the normal person not looking perform, and i'm kind of here for it she's the person where i feel like she could watch the show and sh- before I thought she would be differently. I think she could watch the show and she'd be the exact same person, the exact same type of player.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you think though about Fabian's move where he takes the rail and puts it directly under the set, the left most side of the, let's call it the entrance. It's called the beginning. And he puts a curve under there and a straight line let's go beat by beat this monorail. But I I was like, oh shit, like what a move. I like, I, every time somebody made a move, I was surprised by it. I think in this game, which is a good sign.
1: I think the best way to play this game is just to get you, get catch your opponent off guard and get them confused. Cause the best way to win, the easiest way to win is them making some huge mistake. that ruins the game for them. Let them do something, let them try and mess them up, try and confuse them. Try and get them to place a tile where they shouldn't be placing it. Now, the fact that they these people they were very good at drawing the tracks out and making sure they were really keeping track of everything. Mm-hmm. But just catching someone off guard is the best move to make here. And I'm kind of glad that that's the way that this game is played. It is the best way to play monorail.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And, and I do like... The way that they played it on season three, where like they left a lot of corners available, I also thought was good. Where you're f- sort of forcing your opponent to make a one move rather than a, a larger swath of, of track. Um, and I also appreciated the way that uh, the way that Fabian played, where he'll just put down one one track. Like, What's this guy doing? What's this like? Just just one, throw one in there. Um, they. They really go back and forth and actually I have to say this is what I appreciated in general about the episode is that at no point was I like oh it's a guaranteed win for so and so. Yes. Which is what you want in a genius episode.
1: You want something where the only time you want to feel like someone's about to definitely win is when it actually then turns out they're not about to win and then there's a big reveal which I don't think we're going to get here to the same extent. So I think this is the best that we can expect from this version of genius is this constant you're watching this battle where like you're saying we don't know what is going to be the final outcome and we get Mm -hmm. a good final outcome
0: i want to know who your winner pick is at this point like who do you think is going to achieve victory in this finale obviously we're not the finale yet. who do you think has the best chances
1: um so i definitely think that in the finale the final three in the finale it's gonna be it's gonna be Thomas and Amira and someone. i will be shocked if one of those two people go home for the final. I think the only way that one of those two go home is if they're against each other in the death match. And I don't think the two of them would challenge each other for a death match uh, early on either. I kind of feel like the two of them kind of want to go against who they perceive to be the best. And I think in their I think in their minds they think each other is their strongest competition. But not the strongest competition they're intimidative. It or in the same way like Fabian may have been a Fareed. So I could I definitely think the two of them are gonna make it the end. I do think the one of them is gonna win the season. I do for I, Fareed when I would also love if she continues the same chaotic fighting energy into the next couple of episodes. I think I can't it's hard to Thomas now and I, but I do think it's gonna be one of those two the winter season.
0: Yeah. And I do think that Fareed has, for the most part, in the past few death in the past few main matches, has not had an easy hand to win. Mm-hmm. And no. now that it's much more of an independent game, I mean we have minus auction coming up, which
1: is very exciting. Love minus auction, the best of all the auction games.
0: And so with minus auction coming up and with Fareed being able to act a little bit more independently and not be so sabotaged by other players, right? Fareed was in the small city and wasn't working with the thief she was like the plover and kind of got screwed in the in the food chain game so i really think that she could come out of her shell and, and start to be quite the quite the competitor
1: the thing that doesn't fare quite well for going to minus auction is if it's like the original show each g coin works like a chip Yes. So she's an immediate detriment in this match, which don't get me wrong. She can take one block and get that those numbers back up. But she started the next match at a big disadvantage looking at those G coin totals. So hopefully she can overcome that and make it three.
0: Yes, we will see. Nobody on the winning team took up the incentive to get two G coins. So nobody got more, which is a shame considering well, you know, you're going to need them. But um, I'm almost excited to see sort of, you know, the scrappy play style of having no G
1: coins. I just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Minus Auctions. It's just such a good game. <laughs> it's really well thought out. I say that I forget which board game it's based on. Cause it's based on board game, but I can't remember which one.
0: Oh, I don't it's, know either.
1: But it's very well structured. There's different incentives to do different things. There's clever ways to potentially screw someone over. There's having to balance collecting chips and being and rejecting and taking blocks. Like it's just, it's such a good game. I'm glad we're seeing it. I I, I was not a, I'm not I was not at all shocked to see it, because I think it's also, I think it's the one of the best games the Genius has because it's very clear and easy for the audience while it's very strategically interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's very simple to follow along, but it's still so complex to play.
0: Yeah, and and it's also about the luck of the draw, right? It's not just about being smart or having a good team. Sometimes, like, the chip, that you know, the the number that comes around is not your number. We've seen people get totally screwed by their number being in the little container. So I'm super psyched for this episode. Well, that's kind of all we've got. Uh, I have no other thoughts on the genius other than I do think that if you – we're a genius fan and we're maybe considering watching. I don't know, it's tough because I can't imagine that somebody's watched five episodes and been like, I might not finish it. But I'm, I hope that more genius fans tune in and start watching.
1: And I hope that if this is someone's first exposure to this genius, I really hope they go back and watch the Korean version because if you like this, you'll love the Korean version. The Korean version, it is a, the episodes are a bit longer, which at first, it can seem much of a, more of a chore, but considering now that you've watched this version and have enjoyed this version, you will love the extra time. It means that you can watch so much more. It means that the producers can show you things in a slightly different structure. And it's just so beautiful to watch. Please go and watch it. You will fall in love with it. And if you don't, you just have terrible reality TV taste. I'd be shocked if yeah. you're willing to listen to a podcast of us talking about the yeah. genius you have time to watch an episode of the Korean genius.
0: I also think that it's really important to note that the Korean genius is like just way funnier than the show. And the people who do the subtitles do a great job of explaining jokes about characters that you might not know because you're not Korean. And I feel like it's just like, I still laugh at the episodes. Like there's a whole, you know what? I was kind of sad that we didn't pick lots because there's like a whole 10 minute drama in season one episode of the Kong's dilemma where like, Sungkyu's just like I really just don't want to be on a team with you and he's like please I do not want her to pick the same color that I have and then they're on the same team like it's so funny
1: it's it's just so good so there's so many just small little moments that pop up in the Korean version like um the the fact that they'll have like random business people that are funnier than the comedian this season like these Koreans are just they, they are so funny and again Again, like you're saying, the people that subtitle the show make such a good job of making sure that all of this really translates really well. And if you like the current set, just wait until you watch a set that has a budget because it is so so nice. And they've got actual budget. They've got actual badges that don't like flip upside down halfway through. Like all of the badges. Is <laughs> oh yeah, they just
0: slapped like, like a little red time. like dot on <laughs> a little red and black <laughs> blue squares. <laughs> I was like, just okay, that's budget, girl. Let's just budget. Just, <laughs>
1: to dropped the table the badge was so it was so it was so bad it was so good that's goofy
0: okay <laughs> well if you need more information about where to follow us what to check out you can check the description of the podcast Joshua what do you have going on what should people be listening to
1: um so first you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at JoshyFLX in addition we are currently casting for a live game here in the UK finally we don't really have them over here because Survivor's not a big deal over here, but finally we're managing to do something. We're currently casting for that and you can follow all updates for that at Survivor UK.
0: Amazing. Maybe if you're like listening in the Netherlands and you kind of want to go to England, probably a faster trip for you than it is for me. Um, well, I just want to say, uh, check out Survivor New York on Instagram at Survivor New York on YouTube, Survivor New York um, and follow me on Twitter. And if you like Project Runway and if you like Top Chef, me and my queens, Gia Worthy and Nicole Horn, we recorded uh, and covered season 19 of both Top Chef and Project Conway. So tune in to those fun seasons and we'll be back whenever either of those shows ever comes back, ever. Um, and don't forget to check out our amazing Survivor and Big Brother coverage. They have been doing such a good job. Gia a legend, one of the great Survivor minds that I've ever met. And so she's doing a great job on uh, I don't know about that. I just love it. I say it in my head that way every time. I don't know about <laughs> that. So tune into those. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you like this podcast, leave us a five star review. If you'd like us, tweet at us and give us some words of affirmation. If you hate the season, don't talk to us about it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, Joshua. Thank you for being here. Good night, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.